0: You're listening to Shields Up, the Star Trek podcast from More Trek Media. Hello, welcome to Shields Up, the Star Trek podcast. Today we were going to speak about Voyager season 3 episode 23, Distant Origin, but after struggling for an hour or so trying to even discuss anything remotely interesting about this episode, we realized that you could just watch the last 10 minutes and get the whole and get the whole point of the whole episode. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that for a bit because we said we would, but then we're going to talk about a much more interesting episode from Enterprise, which we'll talk about later on. Hi Nev, how you doing?
1: Hi Chris. Um, look, I'm, I'm sorry. It was my pick, the Voyager episode. I do like Voyager, um, but I think this one, perhaps, I looked on with a little too much nostalgia. And I, I'm a big fan of the whole sort of conspiracy theories and all of that. Not that I, I don't buy into them, I just think they're interesting to to talk about and, and to and to see how they're interpreted. Uh, but to, in this case, uh, <laughs> Benedict, <laughs> Benedict, fuck off. Uh, right. The
0: <laughs> what I liked about this episode, you're right, the conspiracy theory with the um, dinosaurs. It evolved and left the planet. I kind of like that. That idea. Yeah, I
1: do. I, I like the idea that you know. Uh, uh, so 65 million years ago, the asteroid hit the Yucatan Peninsula and devastated the planet, and so on. However, uh, dinosaurs have been evolving for millions of years up until that point. What's to say none of them had evolved intelligence, and so on. And escaped, you know, saw the, uh, the, the the danger, and escaped the planets And then, you know, sixty-five million years later, here we are. What evidence would we find of them? There Very little, re- sure. if none. So, sorry. Yes.
0: Yeah. No, I was going to say because Chakotay's talking to um, Gagin about it, isn't he? And he's they're saying that um, what if there was a small, or, or what if there was a landmass that was spared the destruction of that original meteor you know 65 mm-hmm. million years ago and they continue to evolve or they continue mm-hmm. to evolve not involve <laughs> evolve <laughs> after that and then another devastating thing come along or they were going oh mammals are coming quite uh, dangerous so they left the planet
1: yeah in 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 terms of in terms of um say the, you know the the plates on on the earth you know the continental plates and so on Whole plates have subducted. Mm-hmm. In other words, they have gone beneath. They've been forced beneath other plates. Yeah. And gone into into the mantle. So, for example, the the Himalayas exist because the Indian subcontinent is subducting underneath the uh, underneath the, the Eurasian continent.
0: That's right, and that's so, pushing the mountains up, isn't it? That's why it's
1: that's... pushing the mountains up and Indian India. Um, the, the subcontinent of India is is going underneath and being pushed into the mantle mm-hmm. being melted down and so on and so forth. So I you know I, I, I do like the idea of that I just, I just felt the the, the whole episode as, as you said earlier could have been boiled down to the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there was so much fluff beforehand there was it, it
0: seems like they come up with this idea of of the minister, the rebel scientist, and like a captured member of the, the crew talking about this thing and then gone, oh, hold on. We've only got 10 minutes. We need another half an hour. Yeah. Uh, and we need to chuck Janeway in here and we need to, um well, the doctor obviously needs to be on. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone needs to have a couple of lines and, and they just sort of fluffed it out. But the whole yeah. end, you could watch it. I was talking to uh, my partner about what we were talking about, you know, saying we could only watch really only have to watch the end and she said so you made me sit through that whole episode and we could have just watched the last 10 minutes is that what you're saying <laughs> which i think is quite funny because bless her she's not a real great star trek fan but she does sit there and watch it with me
1: <laughs> but but like this one and, finished, that, and that's why that's why you love her. that's why i love her <laughs> and uh,
0: the only reason i love her the uh th- that's it is it the whole thing is is can be summed up in the last in the
1: last act, which is yeah, it, all it, we're going to talk it,
0: about, really, because it's the only interesting bit in the
1: episode, and
0: it does cover yeah. everything.
1: Yeah, I mean that last act is it. It does sum it up the whole episode without all the fluff of the of the earlier stuff running up to it, but it, it, it is a good allegory for. The institutionalisation of many groups, mm-hmm. be they an institution, be they a company, be they a society of some sort, uh, the leader of the um, the Elder Council fully well knows what the scientist Gagan is saying, mm-hmm. but she chooses to ignore it in favour of preserving the status quo.
0: She says herself, data is not in question, the interpretation is. So she's looked at it and gone, oh yeah, we are from there, but you're saying that we're from there, and we don't like that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. And is it because she thinks that it's going to um, think it's going to uh, undermine her power?
1: Yeah, you know, because it's all about the, the doctrine, um, isn't it? Oh, well, she she uses every trick in the book to try and undermine mm-hmm. it as well, or even uh, you know, even including Gagan's um, assistant, his research assistant, who who I can't say without going, Ah, Veer. Don't think you'll find many Babylon Five fans around here, don't though, mate. Oh, I think you. There's, there's, there's more than you realise, mate. There's more than you realise. Yes. Anyway, no, it's a. She uses every every trick mm. in the book to try and undermine him, even down to cheap tricks like that. Yes. Yeah, because even his own
0: daughter doesn't really believe him, as we find out earlier in the episode, which doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. because it doesn't alter his course. The only thing that makes him repent is is that she threatens to imprison Voyager and destroy the ship
1: or, or the Voyager's crew and and destroy the ship. And that's the Yeah, which is which is quite which is quite a human reaction isn't it, which mm. but I suppose given our shared ancestry as it were back to the I uh, can't recall, sorry. piss off. <laughs> He's got this tendency. I have a cat called Benedict. He's lovely. But I've got a really nice pair of speakers on my desktop, and the cones are exposed, and he has figured out that they vibrate, and he uh, he likes to run his claws down them. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> yes, and he does it with a subwoofer at my feet as well. <laughs> what a lovely, annoying cat you have. What a lovely, annoying cat. <laughs> yes. yes. Right, he's gone now. He's gone to make a, make a nuisance of himself somewhere else. Anyway, back to the show. To the show. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen,
0: was an insight into Neville's life.
1: <laughs> so yeah, the um, it, it it just it, it it does strike me that that something pertinent happens here, and then I'll make a an insightful comment, mm-hmm. and then you'll agree with me. Well, of course, of course, that's how these things work. <laughs> yeah. I. I completely lost my thread I'm sorry no, no,
0: you're okay you're okay is the cat blame it on the cat um the doctrine is all important to the saurians isn't it it's, it's how they live their life how they have their culture everything mm-hmm. and yes. they, they travel around in those big city ships and they've got colonies dotted about as well and they're quite technologically advanced obviously you know millions of years of evolution they, they Travel at transwarp, don't they? They yes. been the entire Voyager aboard, and and this, that's a unique thing as well in the Delta Quadrant because um, earlier in the series, you know, when they're beaming stuff about, um, mm-hmm.
1: nobody else really has transporter
0: technology, so that's quite
1: unique, mm-hmm. isn't it? Well, it's interesting that the just going back to what you said about transwarp. Transwarp mm-hmm. has been a bit of a sort of a wishy washy thing in Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, because you've got a number of sort of mentions of transwarp so for example back in the is the voyage home Mm -hmm. no the search for spock which one is it the one where they steal the enterprise the search for spock search for Spock. so yeah so transwarp does have a number of mentions in star trek so for example you've got the excelsior Mm -hmm. coming out of uh, stardock chasing the enterprise in the search for spock uh, when uh, Scotty, of course, uh, just puts a few bolts down on the uh, on the bridge of the Enterprise and says it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, so the Transwarp is mentioned then, but it's not mentioned in the original series any time after that. And then, of course, you've got the, the Borg with their Transwarp conduits. Mm-hmm. Then these guys mention it as well, and I'm, I'm sure there are some other ones as well. But I, d- I don't know how that all sort of fits into into canon as it were
0: yeah i think uh... it's just like another wishy-washy thing isn't it you you, um you say oh we need something which is more technologically advanced than what starfleet has Mm. or or other races in the alpha quadrant who all seem to be sort of level pegging on technology so like oh these people are dangerous and more powerful what can we give them let's give them metaphasic shields or or phasic cloaks is what's in this one as well as um yeah, trans warp drives and, and things like
1: that, and it'd be like, oh, it's not warp; it's trans warp. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what trans warp exactly entails. Whether because warp is commonly said to be light speed. Mm. So what is trans warp? Is that greater than warp ten? How does this work? Well, that's it. Because isn't warp ten
0: um, like instantaneous travel anywhere in the universe? At... Is it? <laughs> that's only well, one on me. <laughs> yeah. transwarp. Transwarp drive. Let's have a quick Google. This is very interesting for everybody. Um, oh yes. Oh yes. This is very interesting.
1: That's my favourite word. You know that. Mm-hmm. You know how many times I've edited that word out.
0: Yeah, I, d- I don't know. <laughs> it's very interesting. Oh yes.
1: Okay. What does? Oh, I. D- while, while you're doing this, I really do need to go for a. Minute. Okay. So, okay. I will be back, and then you can you can look up your transwarp drive. Okay. On Google. Okay. I'll be back. So I've got a small cupboard mm. in the hallway and I walked past it and Benedict just launched himself from behind it at me.
2: <laughs> Did he?
1: <laughs> he realised that my jeans weren't working, mm. so as far as, well, weren't working as far as what he intended to do, and so he kind of just then ran off. So Right. Anyway, so... I, I think what we'll do... We'll, 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 um, <laughs> cut out all this shit up. about trans stuff. Trans-war ship. So, look, ultimately, I picked this episode because I, I was really nostalgic. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea and stuff. And I hadn't seen it in years. And I thought this would be a great one to do. A great introduction to Voyager. I think I realise now it's not. <laughs> so, after having a, a chat with Chris, uh, we decided that we'd, we'd choose something else, and since it was my pick, I thought, Chris hasn't seen Enterprise at all, and love it or hate it, there's been plenty of mixed reviews, love it or hate it, I chose an episode from Enterprise that I really enjoy, uh, and I chose Season 2, Episode 23, Regeneration, uh, because I thought this was a great, a great introduction to the series, it's uh, not part of the main story arc. It has uh, all the classic elements of the original series, which is part of the reason why I really enjoy Enterprise. Uh, without, so it's got all the classic elements without being overly hammy, and it also ties into the overall greater picture of the Star Trek universe. So, Chris, you watched this, you've not seen Enterprise before. What, what are your first thoughts? On, on this 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 particular episode.
0: You're right, I've, I've not watched Enterprise before. Um, I might explain that why sometime. Um, mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I thought, oh no, not another... It's not going to be next generation, I didn't want to watch it. Um, it was more of a what was going on in my life at the time. Um, I saw this episode and I regret not watching Enterprise before now. <clears throat> i really do because when i want to watch enterprise i always watch ds9 or or definitely the tng or maybe the original series and some voyager but i never put on enterprise at all and you're right this show or this this show is is great it does have the feel of the original series of of adventure whereas next gen is very much an established federation and they've got you know they're they're wandering around. There's not a lot of adventure going on. It's m- much more an exploration of of humanity in relation to humans and other races than just a good old sci-fi romp. And this episode is definitely a good old sci-fi
1: romp. Do you know what? I think that's a great phrase, and I, I think that that epitomises the series as a as a whole for me. It does have its down points. It does have. Um, we'll take season one, episode three, for example, which I think is absolutely terrible. It's like Prometheus: Light, <laughs> right. which is also an awful film. Uh, but by and large, the series really does hold it together in the traditional good old sci-fi romp. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think this really, this really showcases it very well.
0: Yeah, it does. And like I said, I've never watched. Um enterprise before but i liked every single character especially like because this is like the tail end of season 2 so they've already had 2 years to iron out the um the characters and everything and how and their relationships
1: i yeah, really all the characters are, are well established mm. in this mm-hmm. in the sense that we we know the their the fundamental characteristics they continue to develop after this as well mm-hmm. but they you really you can you can't always anticipate what they're going to do but you've got a good idea what they're going to do like for example uh, malcolm mm-hmm. he is the 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 weapons officer he started out as a bit of a sort of well he, he, there wasn't really an awful lot of sort of definition for what he did exactly but now he's his role has become more defined he's definitely in charge of security mm-hmm. he developed he's the one who developed the red alert by the way is he? So yes he is uh. yeah so um, through a series of, of, of obnoxious sirens which Picard would have loved <laughs> uh, <laughs> turn that damn thing off I can um, hear it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he developed a, he developed that properly as well uh, and in this series you'll, you'll hear in this episode they call it a tactical alert uh, but the, the effect is the same you, I did pick that up
0: when Archer was at the at the beginning, when they were going after the shuttle, mm-hmm. um, he says he says we'll go on here and then um, look out uh, tactical alert as well. So it's they're going in expecting a fight.
1: Yeah, so that's that's that that, that was Malcolm that developed that mm-hmm. um, because they just kind of in the beginning went shields up, uh, phase uh, phase cannons ready, and all of that mm-hmm. business. So, um, but yeah, Malcolm developed that, and and that was all part of the 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 development of his character. Same as with any series, really.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right. I did
1: I did like the characters. I liked Archer. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I was thinking, oh, will I ever see him as anything but Sam Beckett? But now, I, oh, I
1: know, I know.
0: <laughs> but he's he's great. I lo- I liked him in this. He is very much first and foremost out there to help.
1: Yeah. Um, and he, he is a captain as well, you know. Mm-hmm. When it comes to it, he, he does. Yeah, as he,
0: as he makes the decision at the end, as yeah. well. Where he says there's nothing left on there for us to help. Um, I like Sub Commander T'Pol. I think she's cool. Mm-hmm. She's very. She seems very cold and yes. factual. You know, like when they're talking. You know, if if you're going to rescue these people, we've already had two people on board who have been infected by these things. Well, cybernetic creatures, um, mm-hmm. and caused a bit of problem. You know, and you're still looking for these. There's a danger to the Enterprise. He said, "Oh, you should think we shouldn't help them." And uh, to Paul replies, "I think we should destroy the ship." Yes, yes, just, she does. Just straight away, it's like these are a danger, and there could be a danger to us.
1: She is, she is very, very Vulcan, mm-hmm. which is of course appropriate, and and she does come across as extremely cold sometimes. Mm-hmm. But she does have, she does have. Her character traits and she does gradually same as with Malcolm evolve into her character mm-hmm. which, which is nice to see yeah
0: oh, I'm looking forward to seeing it I am looking
1: so we start out on an icy planet which transpires it's, it's the Arctic mm-hmm. and um, we see we have a craft landing in the snow and you've got a uh, a large debris field. Now, this 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 already throws up some controversy here. Um, what is this debris field, Chris?
0: Well, <coughs> <laughs> it turns out that the debris field is the remains of the Borg sphere that was destroyed in the film First Contact. Yes. I, I think that, like, it's, it's really stupid. Sorry, I, I can't pass this bit over. It's like they land in the debris field. There's there's massive amounts of debris everywhere you know like huge bits and they're sort of looking around and the guy goes i think this is the place (laughs) (laughs) stating the obvious also what was a bit daft you know i'm going to pick holes in it a little bit because you know i'm gonna um is that debris has been there for a 100 years and it's not been found before
1: but yeah we can we can map mars accurately and see where the perseverance Lander has, fought, has has landed. We can see where the heat shield is. We can see where the um, where the uh, de- deployment uh, craft is as well. But for some reason, we're not entirely sure where a 600 meter sphere has landed on Earth. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. Although although I do have a little theory about that. I th- oh yes. Yeah, I think that Admiral Flores is the guy who sent them there. He knows there's something about that and i think that he's taken the um the speech by seth from Cochrane. you know archer uh, talks about it later on doesn't he he says that um that the first contact with vulcans you know it was nearly stopped by these race of cybernetic beings from the future but they were stopped by a group of humans also from the future Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and to paul says something along those yeah but you know, Zefran Cochrane was known as a massive drunk and just made up stuff. And they yes. said, yeah, and he did recant it later on, but it doesn't really, you know, like they f- suddenly find this, um, maybe maybe there's like a massive melt or something of the ice and it's mm-hmm. started to show these things coming out of the ice, you know, which they wouldn't have done 100 years before because the world was still reeling of the effects after the last world war, as, as we saw in the um, first contact film. Yeah, and yeah. and he's gone. Hold on a minute. There's this thing that Zefram Cochrane went on about for a couple of years, and then went, oh, no, no, I was just, I was just talking rubbish. Yeah, you know, which which also leads into when when the um, they haven't had contact with the research crew for a little while, the admiral goes, looks a bit shocked, and instantly, no questions, not like, oh, you know, maybe their communication problem. He's like, prepare the shuttle straight away. There's, so he knows there's something funny about that.
1: Yeah, I th- I, th- I think um, the the, the if we'd known the effects of of the the appearance of the of the Borg and the the Enterprise uh, E, then Enterprise E or D? E, E. Mm. Um, then that would have been kept quiet from the public. I would have imagined.
0: Yeah, and, and and probably, I mean, this is like well before the the foundation of Starfleet, obviously as well. Probably by decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how long Starfleet have been around um, by 21 fifty three, I think is what they said the year was in this. Mm-hmm. Um but there would have been all these records around and everything and and these are slight conspiracy theories, all these things that happened since first contact. What's right, what's wrong? You know, what's a lie, what's just what's just you know, just, just stories and, and things like that. But as as the things are being uncovered, you know, all these stories are suddenly going, Oh, hold on, these 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 might have a bit of Truth to them.
1: Yeah, it, it, I think somebody, 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 somewhere would have known. Mm. Um, well, <laughs> it, it, it is a bit. You're, you're absolutely right. It's a bit silly. They turn up and go, "Oh, this must be the place." And there's these, there's this wreckage all around them. Mm. Um, they uncover a couple of bodies.
0: Yeah, our favourites, or my one of my favourite villains, anyway, is you,
1: the Borg. Yes. And Absolutely. this whole episode is a great tie-in to that as well. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I think f- from here, just to set it up, they uncover these bodies, and we'll go into what happens and so on. But the whole premise of the episode, I think, it's it's based on the idea that we already know as viewers what they are. So I'm screaming at the telly, "No, don't touch him! do <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I was doing that as well, <laughs>
1: just like "Nope, burn it with fire." <laughs> exactly. And it, 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 it's great. And, and, and the music as well. I, I'm As you know, I'm a big fan of, of score and, and, and how that sort of interplays with, with the way the characters interact on screen. I thought the music was fantastic in this episode. They pitched it just right. It, it's, it's to convey the fear that the audience
0: feels, not the fear that the people feel the car exactly. because they don't know it's just like oh this is like this cybernetic the enhanced human we don't know what species it is you know they've mm-hmm. got no reason to think it's it's dangerous yeah you know like there's one of them who's like going ah, oh, you know like they're thawing out and you know oh these nanobots they're repairing the technology the machinery and the um cells i think we should put them back on ice and the guy goes well could that damage them know it may be we'll leave them here then what's the worst that could happen
1: yeah Moninger says go ahead I'll be fine which for me is the equivalent of being in a horror film and saying I'll be right back that's it yeah (laughs) or or a cop (laughs) film I'm only two weeks to retirement yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and you know something's going to happen go ahead I'll be fine I'm sorry buddy I'm would you like me to write your obituary now? Or... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, you might as well be wearing a red shirt, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's great. And when when these things start going wrong, a moninger who is who's left alone with them because he'll be fine, mm-hmm. um, and the other two, uh, Drake and Rooney, uh, hear uh, rifle shots and see flashes of light. And um, they
0: hear a big scream as well, don't they? Where they're trying to
1: and a scream, yes.
0: Well, they they find, find a small warp signature, and they're like, oh, yes. this technology is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they're like messing around with that, and then they hear the scream, and then they go running back. And and there's the the module that they're in has been destroyed. There's big gashes in the in the wall and everything. Yes. And um, yeah. yeah, and they find the guy on the floor with being assimilated. Mm-hmm it doesn't turn out too well for them either no good jump scare even I though am... you know it's coming I'll get the med kit turns around and there's like the BDI of the Borg staring at her yes. and it's it's done, it's done really well because there's no you don't see any of anything what they do it's just that they walk in there the place has been trashed guy on the floor and then you just see the, Borg, the other Borg standing there looking at the lady what is her <laughs> name did
1: you say Rooney Rooney
0: yeah, and then it just cuts away.
1: Yeah, because we, because we, as I think, it assumes that we, as an audience, already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if, the, if if you don't, then it's still equally, you know, it cuts away, and you can pretty much guess that bad things are going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just going a bit meta for a moment. Okay. The, um, the main character in um, in in Prometheus again, I'll refer to Prometheus uh, is uh, Doctor Shaw. And uh she's played by Rooney Mara. And I almost wanted Rooney the character here to say, We were wrong. We were so
0: wrong <laughs> I think that would have been a stretch
1: though. It might have been a stretch, but I, I would have, I would have appreciated <laughs> well, it. Well that would have it. been good though, wouldn't it? It was like oh
0: it's all connected
1: <laughs> <coughs> Everything is. So um just in the run up to this, mm. so did you see did you see Rooney and Drake? Um, running back towards the, uh, running back towards Moninger and, mm. and trying to help him. Did you see how how awesome that CGI was? Oh no,
0: mate. I thought I thought I was actually watching that they'd had a practical set up there. It was that good.
1: It well, I I was almost fooled myself. <laughs> yeah. It <was> um, a... <laughs> clearly there were two bathrooms so two lo- two toilets waiting at the end of that run. Mm. <laughs> yes. And clearly, it's, they I, needed that.
0: I blame it on the cold and the um, and the uh, suits that they're wearing to keep them warm. That must have been it. Yeah, mm. you're right. That, that was it. Yeah. Silly it, me. The, that's got to be that, hasn't it?
1: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's uh, amazing. 2000s, what was it? 2000s? Yeah, special effects. I, I would have thought they might have been a little bit better than that. but um,
0: Well, it depends on you, the budget. When you got to go, you got to
1: go, haven't you? Yeah. When was it?
0: 2003?
1: 2000s early 2000s wasn't it yeah yeah that's uh, you
0: know like it's a weekly serial they can't really spend too much money on um, special effects I mean those bits of the Arctic were a little bit ropey but the models of the the ships
1: mm-hmm. that was really good I really I thought they were pretty good yes yeah the um, yeah do you know what the 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 Enterprise itself i mm-hmm. um, I, I really like that model actually. I yeah. think that looks really good. It looks it looks a damn sight better than Discovery. Well as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. It is a it is a it is a really good looking ship. It, it, it's more akin to what a Star Trek ship would look like. Mm-hmm. Whereas Voyager doesn't really I'm Voyager. Discovery doesn't really <laughs> look like a Federation starship, does it? A Star Trek starship.
1: It's got the key elements. Oh, the big just, saucer section and. Yeah, but they're just sort of. It just feels a bit weird, doesn't it? Mm. Did you watch the um, the credits? It's been a
0: long road. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Well, I, no. I think I've seen them before. Because don't, don't they start out with like the planet, and then it's this is from memory from years ago. That, um, it starts off with the ISS and then it just expands and then
1: you've got the ISS, you've got various sort of well no actually it starts with the Enterprise the ship as in the sailing ship oh right, ok and then there's a map that talks with Enterprise with a Z written on it and, um, and various other bits and bobs and then it sort of does clips of video of um, uh, various astronauts and then you've got the um, you've got the there's a space shuttle, I can't remember which one it is going. Probably on. the Enterprise? Uh, the Enterprise never flew. Did it not? Oh. <laughs> no, no. No, that the, the So, fact <laughs> of the week. Okay. The Ent- the Enterprise space shuttle never flew. It glided off the back of the 747 carrier for testing, but it was never intended to go to space. Oh. Well, there you uh, go. it was it was merely a glide model. Um, and the Enterprise itself is located, I'm trying to remember where she is, I think she is at, I think she's at the, she's at the US Space and Rocket Center in, I think she's in Florida, I don't think she's at the Huntsville one, because the one I saw there I think was a mock-up. Right. But, um... Yeah, I think she's in in Florida, but she, yeah, she was never intended to fly. She was oh. merely used as a gliding as a gliding testbed.
0: Well, thank you very much for for comprehensively putting me in my place there. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
1: That's my pleasure. No, yeah, Any you're very welcome. You're very welcome. You're, very, <laughs> you're welcome. very welcome. Very welcome, very welcome, indeed. Hmm. Yes. Um, so going back, no, it's not. Chris, the enterprise taking off in these <laughs> credits
0: <laughs> all right yeah we've done this bit right but no I didn't um, watch I didn't watch it because I watched I watched this on Netflix and there is a helpful skip intro thing which I always do I've I i do not believe I've watched an introduction to a TV show in years
1: It's worth it because it shows us sort of the progression from the enterprise sailing ship through to the enterprise including uh, Zefram Cochran's um, ship as well, uh, up through to the Enterprise that is in this series. Okay. Uh, although, after a while, you'll actually get used to the, the, uh, the soundtrack and you'll start singing along. Will I? So probably it's best if you don't.
2: <laughs> it's been a long...
1: Right, yeah, we're not even going to start that. <laughs> um, anyway, where were we? <laughs> we were
0: talking we... about Malcolm and Phlox, Looking over the data that Starfleet had sent the Enterprise about these cybernetic life forms, you know that's rubbish.
1: What? <laughs> we weren't talking about that. At we all.
0: were. We were. We were talking about it, and um, and <laughs> Malcolm is concerned that you know there was a bunch of scientists there, not just the three that we saw, but there were some other ones um, that. Um, how were they overpowered if these people were armed so he wanted to have a look to see the arm if that had any um weaponry in it
1: oh yes i remember now okay let's carry on <laughs> um so, um so yeah they were talking about the they're talking about the 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 data that was received hmm. from these guys and um malcolm wants to know if this uh, scan of the arm is 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 a weapon of some sort and flocks of course isn't so sure
0: no it it shows it doesn't show any sort of weapon technology in there and malcolm's concerned that how did they overpower the scientists if if it wasn't a weapon if it was just another arm which is like a they they come back to that later on don't they with um with how the physical strength of the borg are is or, or the species is incredibly enhanced when they become a borg
1: yeah, even even with the sort of the, the protoborg, as it were, mm. with the the nanomachines working in them, they're already making changes. Like for example, Flocks talks about changes to the renal gland. Um, uh, oh, that that was he was talking about the binars, wasn't he? Because they were
0: talking about um, about um, Malcolm going, oh, why would anybody like put all this cybernetic stuff in it? And Flocks hmm. goes, well, would you have, if your heart failed, would you want a, uh, a a mechanical replacement heart, or would you rather die? And Malcolm goes, oh, you know, that's 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 different, but you know,
1: it, it, it's not really. Once you start going, I suppose. It is, it is different in the way that if it ain't broke, don't fix hmm. it. But it, it would also be, it would be the same as what Flocks was saying if. What you currently had was not going to be sufficient to the requirements that the that the Borg would exert upon your body. Mm-hmm. At which point a replacement would be appropriate. Yeah. So I think it's it's, it's situational in that sense. Um, yeah, he's talking about the binars with where they replace the um, an organ of some description. <coughs> yeah, with the, a um, with some
0: sort of calculator. I can't remember yeah. either, but yeah, he does he, he does talk about that.
1: Yeah, and it's. It, but he's this this arm that they find looks like it's it's a it's a cutting tool of some sort, mm-hmm. and so it is a bit perplexing how this cutting tool and and whatnot was were able to to overpower um, these three armed to be fair three armed scientists as opposed to uh, redshirts for example. Mm-hmm. It's it's we all know that the Borg enhance everything. Mm -hmm. And this sort of extends into when they're chasing this 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 scout ship that they've acquired as well, because then we're talking about going um, transport the transport has left the Admiral tells them the transport has left Earth at warp three point nine and Tucker stays away. Can't do any more than one point four. And um, for some context here uh, the Enterprise is the is uh, Earth's very first warp five ship. <laughs> That's quite funny, isn't it? Yeah, when, when you compare it to say TNG or whatever. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just for context, Enterprise is Earth's first warp five ship, and I don't think in the series they've actually ever done warp five. In this one, because... they get to warp four
0: point nine, and um, and this ship is shaken apart
1: yeah, so yeah, yeah 4.9 is really pushing it mm. and um because archer says you know i need you to squeeze every last bit uh, uh, or i'm going to need you to squeeze uh, a bit more out of those engines tucker mm. tucker being the engineer of course yeah trip is is how he's known as trip sorry big boy. Yeah. yeah charles tucker the <laughs> third charles tucker um, just a bit a bit about flocks mm. he's um I know you've not met Flox before mm-hmm. but I'd really like you to, to, to pay attention to him when you're when you're watching the series because in, in my opinion and I'd like to know from anyone else who's listening <coughs> if you disagree in my opinion Phlox is is the glue that holds the whole crew together he is a fantastic character he's so good he's so insightful he's Bit socially awkward at times because he doesn't get what humans are up to, uh, but and he does have some some quirky habits. But I think he's, as I say, the the glue that holds the crew together. I really do, I really do like him as a character. I think, I say that. I think ultimately Archer is because he's the captain and ultimately he is the the the, the, the focus. But without Phlox he'd have a lot of trouble doing the same. I
0: I like Phlox, He is very clever very sure of himself but also ready to admit when he makes a mistake
1: yes yeah absolutely
0: agree. which which has, you see all of that in in this episode where he's we've got those two tarcalians that they rescue from mm-hmm. which were being attacked by the now heavily modified scientific transport ship mm-hmm. um and they're being and they've already been infected and, on and he goes oh they'll be fine you know I don't think there's going to be much danger about it And then after they inject him and beat on mm-hmm. the security card and escape from the medical bay, he very much changes his mind about
1: how wrong he was Yeah yeah he's, he, he, he's as you say he's not afraid to admit when he's wrong mm. and he's he's open to new ideas and, and, and you see him learn through the series as mm-hmm. well. You see him learn on this in this series, in this episode as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's not afraid to make the decisions either. When he's infected, and, and the only way to, um, he's, he's found out that he's got to flood his body with Omicron particles because they'll destroy the um, nanobots. But he has to get them all. Otherwise, like one will just continue the process. Um, and I'm just wondering if his physiology by being a, a um, what is he, a Denebulon, Deb? He's a, a Denobulan. A Denebulon, a Denoblian. <laughs> the, um, the the nanobots are having difficulty uh, adjusting to his body because of his immune system. And <laughs> I'm just wondering if, like, when he gets rid of all the particles using the Omicron, particles or the the, he gets rid of the nanobots by using the omicron particles would a human be able to would the human be able to stand up to that sort of treatment physically would it kill him because they he's he's
1: already shown in he's shown that he's um previous to this episode he's shown that he's got a quite different physiology mm. and quite a bit more resistant than us and it's quite clear that he is in pain when he goes into that um into that machine, yeah, yeah. Because just... the machine which is which he's put into by a random red shirt. It way. was the it was the guy who got beaten up by the other Borg. Was it him? Yeah, who got thrown oh. across the room.
0: Yeah, because he stays in there because Archer says, um, "Oh, you know, just stay here, just just in case." And he's like, "Yeah, understood, <laughs> oh. sir." To keep an eye on him, and, and so he's the security guard. Look, just keeping an
1: eye on Flocks. Oh, oh, okay. It's that same guy. Okay. Yeah, it's All the right, same guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, well I just thought it was just like a I'm like who's this random guy who's gonna stick him in and he really trusts him? Hang on. Well I'm it, sure I'm yeah, are i th- officer and all of that, but no I want I want someone I trust Yeah, well he just says
0: to Archer go this is the last ditch thing, it's it's a synaptic killer or or what does he say? He says that he would um and Archer says that's a bit strong, isn't it? And he says, I have no intention of turning into one of those cybernetic creatures
1: it's a it's a neurotoxic uh, injector, so it'll be the equivalent of him taking cyanide or mm. something.
0: like Yeah, this. it'll kill him
1: dead yeah. outright in a
0: couple of minutes or a couple of seconds. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, he's he's fully intentional. Like, if this doesn't work, then I'm going to do this anyway.
1: I think it shows bravery on his part, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it's quite. It may I think it shows a really decent side of him in the sense that he's he's a, a brave man yeah yeah he because yeah, is it is
0: it like i don't want to turn into one of them because i kind of like the way i am but is it also if i turn into one
1: of them i'm going to kill everybody else on this ship because that's i think it's probably a bit of both mm. with 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 him yeah it's it's when you when you see him interact with the crew he 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 shows genuine affection when, when he initially starts in this series it's scientific curiosity oh these little humans want me to come with them. Okay. Well, this will be a good opportunity to to study how they how they work and all of that. But eventually, he becomes part of the crew. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: Hoshi says when she brings food for him and his animals, says like, you know, I'm not I'm not here to, you know, I'm not I'm not here just you know placating you or anything. I'm here. You've saved me many times, and I want to do the same. Although she is yeah. there
1: to keep an eye on him as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And she has that phaser that Malcolm um mm-hmm. made her take as well. Which I think push comes to shove, I'm not sure she'd use. No. I mean, yeah, that's fairly obvious, you know, you can see she's quite passive, isn't she, in, in her in that sort of approach. Mm. Which is probably a okay. a good way to,
0: to approach him, you know, it's like I'm gonna keep an eye on you. Somebody you know and trust and somebody mm. who
1: also cares about him. Hello? Oh, sorry, you, you, you cut out halfway through oh, that sentence. Oh, no, you, you, might, you, might, you might not have at your end, but you did at my end. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it's so, you've, you've happened to you a couple of times, so
0: I've just ignored it and waited till you come back. And you still oh, sorry, talking. is this. Yeah, I think first it's the first, first time it's
1: happened, sorry. No,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's happened a couple of times where you've sort of faded out, but I can still
1: sort of hear you talking, so I was waiting until you come back. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Yeah. First no, time it can't. happened, so I'll, I'll try to ignore it in the. in in the future then and just keep rambling Mm. so
0: yeah um, yeah no problems.
1: (laughs) but in the meantime they're chasing the ship Mm -hmm. and they find it hang on let me start that again because I'm trying to find the bit where I what's the name of that alien race Tellarians or something like that Tarkalians Tark oh Tark yes on the previous page so in the meantime um while Phlox is infected, or as a result of, the, of their escape, these Tarkalians have escaped, injected Flocks, mm-hmm. and they start getting into the Enterprise systems. And um, we see Malcolm and a security team go down to confront them and to stop them. Mm-hmm. And we get to see them, we, we get to see them attack them with, the, with the, the phase pistols, as they call them. Yep. And we see the well known personal shielding that the Borg have. Yep. I was just sitting there waiting for that to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they, when he goes, yeah, put that down, and they just. It was a classic Borg movement as well, where the Borg is doing something, doing its job, changing the systems, and then just looks over at them, assesses they're not a threat, and just goes back to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then they start shooting her, um, and then the, the shield comes up, and he, she, he ignores the first one. But when they all start firing, that's when it's like oh, I'm going to deal with this threat now, because you're just yeah. stopping me from doing my job. You can't hurt me, but you're you're stopping me from doing this. It's yeah, so it's like it's an, an irritant. <clears throat> yeah, it? yeah, that's it. Because that's all all they are to the Borg, and I don't think they try to assimilate them because of what they're doing to the ship is more important than getting more or
1: you know assimilating the the crew. Yeah. At that point, it's, it's it's the classic Borg thing, mm. isn't it? Whereby, for example, when when Picard goes on to the Borg ship in Next Gen, and they they're all ignoring him mm-hmm. until he starts being annoying.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. And uh, the, the same thing happens here as well. It's when they get closer to to the uh, when Archer and Malcolm are getting closer to the EPS conduit, and they're like, oh yeah, they they shouldn't be here and they just keep sending more and more
1: drones at them. Yeah. Yeah, I do I do I, I think it it was if you've seen the Borg before, you know what's going to happen, but you just want to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. And and the, the 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 tension is there and I think they pitch it just right. And I think if you've not seen it before, or seen uh, Star Trek before, I think you'd still appreciate what's going on. You might not know that they've just gone ahead and remodulated their their, their personal shields, but you'll appreciate certainly that something something awry has happened. Because mm-hmm. it was like a rediscovery of, of what we saw
0: in TNG with when they first met the Borg. You know, and they had to discover that they're remodulating their personal shields, and obviously they, they've got next generation is technology two hundred years advanced of what these guys have. They're not going to know that. Mm-hmm. They just look. Malcolm says, "Yeah, we just need." stronger phase pistols he doesn't think about yeah. changing the the modulation of them he just makes stronger phase pistols to get through their their
1: armor yeah and i think if he had talked about remodulating the frequency or whatever mm-hmm. it would have been a bit meta and it would have cheapened it that would it? have been a bit too
0: star Trekky for this particular star trek i think mm. that was that fits perfectly well in with next gen and voyager and whatnot because they're Star Trekky Star Trek aren't they this is more adventure Star Trek
1: where yeah, this is this has more of the 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 original series hmm. kind of feel to it yeah
0: yeah that's right and I, I really really enjoy that the um, you know they blast the Borg into space to get them off the ship
1: in the end they do and that, and that was a, a tough choice wasn't it
0: you could see it on Archer. he's just like I don't really want to kill these people because you know they're still Tarkalians they're still people but they're doing something to a the ship they can't they're attacking his crew he gets mm-hmm. rid of them mainly because um he he was talking to to paul about uh Cochrane and and he said like there was something about that he couldn't put his finger on and he he looked up the speech um that Cochrane made at princeton university nearly 100 years before mm-hmm. um and he said you know like i was a big fan of zephyr Cochrane you know i've I, I read everything about him I, kn- I know all about him and he had spoken about the true events about his first warp flight he yes. says that a group of cybernetic creatures from the future who had intended to enslave the human race and they were stopped by a group of humans also from the future and he's like you know was it made up and to Paul's you know is he had an overactive imagination and nobody took it seriously and Cochrane recounted the whole thing
1: you know, he was known for drinking as well, apparently. Yeah,
0: yeah. But the similarities, he's like, the similarities and the current events are a bit too much of a coincidence. So yep. he's like, you know, they, they can't be stopped. I've got to get rid of them. And what I was thinking about the book, you know, they were in the ice, like technically dead until the machines woke up and started repairing mm-hmm. for a hundred years. You know, obviously too cold for the machines to work to repair them. They're floating around in space, until like you know they fall into a sun or hit by a passing comet or or fall in burn up in the planet reentry or something. If uh, is that do we know or do you think that they'll just float around and say they get picked up in a thousand years would the machines come back online and repair them? Do you think?
1: I think possibly, but they might go into some sort of hibernation. Um... I don't know. It's just something
0: I thought about when they were just floating around because. You know, they, they seem to be able to come back
1: from pretty much anything. It is possible, but I think the, the, the chances of them being discovered just floating... There oh, well, space. yeah, two very, very
0: d- small <laughs> specks in, in the infinite area that is space, yes.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think it might be a little fine <laughs> that that would happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. However, we shouldn't completely discount the no. possibility, and this is Star Trek, and coincidences do happen. They do, they do. Um, it was, it was, it was good. The I do like the time with with and Cochrane mm-hmm. and and the first contact film. Yeah, and, it does. It... And the way that, that it, it just sort of it takes it retcons it very slightly, but in a believable way. Mm-hmm. With it, it doesn't force it. it it's it's not unbelievable that, that when the Borg sphere went to Earth. That two would have survived. Mm-hmm. No, exactly,
0: exactly. It's not, it's not unbelievable. And I, I do kind of like how they've done it, mm-hmm. rather than just a Borg just appearing for no reason at all. And they are incorporating the wider Star Trek lore and universe, even back to here. You know, two hundred years before that film
1: took place. Mhm. I, 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 they did, they did a good job, I think. Yeah, I. I think so too it, it was it was believable it had had certain elements of of the thing about it mm-hmm. I think they could have played up to those a little bit more that might have been fun um but I think that they 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 they, they had a good premise and you know especially for 45 minutes I think they crammed a whole lot in there
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah they did there was there was loads there was loads I, I I enjoyed it all I did enjoy it all
0: it had good pacing. There wasn't really anything rushed. I didn't think, or which slowed down the episode. Which didn't. It didn't slow down the um, the the pace of the episode. None of it did, in my mind.
1: Yeah, and I think it was paced well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it would cater well to people who weren't familiar with other aspects of the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also catered perfectly to those of us who are familiar with it with things like Flocks saying oh I don't believe they're a danger to the crew and we're going
0: yes they are yes they are just just kill them now (laughs) space them just get get rid of them yeah that's right and then destroy the ship when you see it (laughs) but what I I also liked about the uh, uh, the transport that the Borg had stolen from Earth
1: um (laughs)
0: Is every time you see it, it's different.
1: Yeah, with the green glow, and then there's various sort of growths and things, and yeah. it's got guns and, or not guns, but some sort of, some sort of antennae on the front, which presumably are weapons. When you look at when it's attacking a Targaryen freighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that development as well. You know, just just showing how rapidly um, that, that 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 they can change it. Yeah. When, when you, of course, when Trip is talking about the the warp speed. Yeah, How rapidly.
0: Yeah, go, let's just hope they haven't done their weapons as well. Um, yeah,
1: that do you know good. what this 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 episode for me is? Everything TNG conspiracy should have been.
0: Yes, you're right. You're right. I know. I know. You you are right. <laughs> this this would have been this would have been great if they'd have done it. You know, like the Borg just rock up. There's two of them at the beginning of this episode and then there's 27 of them at the end Mm -hmm. it would be it would be good if if like the borg yeah conspiracy it was just like one borg and and they're not fully changed taking over and then all of a sudden they just assimilate everybody in one go and there's nothing there to stop them Mm -hmm. it would have been much better if if conspiracy had been rather than little um space worms living in your body um, If red, red Dwarf space worms Red Dwarf trapdoor space worms <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> <Trapped> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> um, Yeah if there was a small enclave of, of Borg sitting there manipulating everything
1: as they're slowly taking over Starfleet Yeah and the, 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 the thing that really sort of hammered it home for me was, was the ending in terms of why this is what conspiracy should have been mm. I know you like conspiracy I do I, know, I do like but... it but,
0: but the ending for this is the same as the ending for conspiracy Are oh, they sending exactly they're sending out of a, a message it's deep in the alpha exactly. quadrant We've, they've basically sent a map how to get to earth and they go oh yes and and even Archer all through the episode up until he's fighting with Malcolm on the transport and helpfully that EPS conduit which will destroy the power on the ship is just sitting out there in the middle of a corridor Helpfully, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, um, he's gone from he's from being concerned with the loss of life. To, I want to take these people home, is what he says when he's talking to Paul mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. earlier on. To to saying there's nobody left alive on this ship. To we've just postponed the invasion till the 24th century. And that's yeah. that's a big step to take. I think from going you know we can, we've got to help
1: these people if we can to they're gonna invade us yeah it's it, it's he makes a very difficult decision mm-hmm. in concluding that these people are beyond help mm-hmm. which is which is a difficult decision for him to make yeah because he is at heart and humanitarian
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I get that I got that from from the beginning where they chase off the Borg ship but there's still a couple of survivors on the freighter, and you yeah. could see him. He goes, "Oh, I want to get them," but we've got to help these people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's good. Tapal is very much his logical side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's a good foil to him, mm. and she tells him straight what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But then his heart gets in the way.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's the it's the 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 help people part of his character. You know, I'm out here. I'm not out here to uh, to kick an ant's nest. I'm here to say, well, the humans are here and and we can be trusted and
1: and looked at for help, advice, and alliances. It's it's quite interesting. The, the, the uh, it's not quite interesting because I hate saying that word. because I say it far too often. Um, if you look at the holy trinity of the of the, the original series, mm-hmm. it's a slightly different balance mm-hmm. but they still have the Holy Trinity here who's who's the,
0: sense... the other one then because you've got Archer who's makes the decisions and you've got T'Pol who is uh, the logical side who's the more emotional the is, side then the third is
1: Trip Trip okay absolutely you don't see it as much in this one
0: well no no that's, that's why I was
1: asking because uh, Trip was just more concerned about well he's, he was doing his job yeah in this you, one, you will one. Trip, Trip is 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 the third part of the Holy Trinity in this series, mm-hmm. and he's a bit of a. <laughs> I was going to say he's a bit of a bellend sometimes, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll try and say something a bit more PC. Uh, he's a he he is a bit of a prat sometimes, and you can see it. Mm. Um, he he means well, but he he lets his he's he's kind of a wears his heart on his sleeve kind of character uh, but he's he's, um, he's he's the other part of the Holy Trinity in this series definitely okay yeah
0: I, I I did ask because like I said I've never watched Enterprise before and you don't see that
1: particularly in this
0: episode but very no, much because
1: this this episode is quite tight
0: yeah honestly yeah there's I don't think there's there's nothing there's no real sorry there's no real opportunity in this episode for trip to do anything but fix the ship because he's he's trying to you know like uh looking after the engines to track down this thing this transport and then he's trying to fix the mess that the borg have made Mm -hmm. and get power back online at the end and everything so he doesn't really have a lot to do with archer there's not a huge amount of conversation Outside of this is the emergency we
1: have to deal with right now. No, and it's, this this isn't really a, a trip-focused episode. To be honest with you, it is it is definitely more of an Archer and Paul episode because mm-hmm. they're the ones, or he Archer's the one making the decision, and and Paul's there. The little logical angel sitting on his shoulder mm-hmm. telling him the right logical thing to do but you uh, you you you'll see it when when you see more episodes I'm, I'm quite looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it but I will still say in addition to that flocks is very much part of the glue yeah. that holds the, the the crew together very much so right yeah I'm, I'm I am looking forward to knowing more about
0: these about these characters and the nascent federation and Beginnings of Starfleet and everything, and, and then yeah. running into um, running into you know races that we know, but they don't know anything mm-hmm. about.
1: Because I'm sure that happens. Yeah. Um. So the the whole the whole series has got a real original series flavour about it, because it's that sense of adventure. It is really going where no one has gone before, mm. even if that involves just going the next star system over. Which you don't necessarily feel with TNG, for example, or Deep Space Nine, because they're saying, uh, "Geordi, set a course for SETI Alpha Two <laughs> <Huh? laughs> <laughs> um, Warp 8. you know. So, and 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 and, you know, George says, "Yeah, I'll be there in you know, thirteen days." Whereas this, it. Because they're going at slower warp speeds, because they're going, they're turning up at these places they've never been to or heard of, it is that real sense of adventure and exploration. Uh, You do, there are encounters with species that we know and love from previous. For example, in the very first episode, the Klingons, we get to discover them, excellent, and we're not really sure how to deal with them. (laughs) And so that's quite an interesting... That's quite... The first couple of episodes, I think it's a two-parter, it's the first one. So you get to you get to find out about the Klingons. And we know what the Klingons are like. They don't, although they've got an idea. And it's all about tiptoeing around that and trying to work out... You know, are they going to attack them? Are they not? Are they... How's this all going to work out? The Vulcans are very different. Or actually, I should, I should say... The Vulcans are very familiar... But they're not the Vulcans that you know from the original series movies, for example, or Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Be prepared for that.
0: Yeah, was, maybe because Sub-Commander T'Pol was assigned to the ship to keep an eye on these guys, wasn't she?
1: That, that gives that... you a clue. That gives you a clue.
0: Right, okay, because that's... The another thing you know which i learned about that she's not a member of starfleet she's on there at the behest of the vulcans to keep an eye on
1: what the humans are doing maybe she would, I she would deny it. she, would, she would deny that to the hills
0: of course of course but i, th- I do believe that's probably something that the, the vulcans would do
1: because mm-hmm. they don't know what they would do out on their own all the way from all the way from the first couple of episodes, or the first two parts, I should mm-hmm. say, you'll find out about the Vulcans, and they they, they, they do that. There's there is nothing character breaking about them. Okay. It is played it is played out in the way that you would expect. Mm-hmm. To be fair, or in the way mm-hmm. you would expect if they took this particular stance on something, mm-hmm. I should say.
0: We we got to think that for pretty much every Vulcan that we've met before in in Starfleet, or oh, in Star Trek, sorry, have been officers within Starfleet. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Spock was uh, went to is a Starfleet officer. So was Savick. Um, mm-hmm. So was um, Tuvok. The only yeah, real vale- one that we've seen. Valeris. He, yeah, yeah. The only other one that we've really seen who, who is Spock's father, who Sarek. Sarek, yes. who who is the a Vulcan ambassador so he would be Mm -hmm. somewhat different to a normal for Vulcan Vulcan who would have gone through to the science academy because he would obviously I think being an ambassador he would be more open to be not
1: as Vulcan because of his role as an ambassador have we seen a Vulcan ship in uh, TNG Deep Space Nine I'm fairly sure we've seen one in the original series although mm-hmm. I can't quite recall have we seen a Vulcan ship? I can't remember if we have I'm sure we must have we must have I'm sure boot yeah You, I do like I do like the, 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 the stance they took on the Vulcans it was it was, it was good it was unexpected but a, a pleasant surprise the way it turned out Yes, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it Yeah, just not episode 3 Just Just not episode 3 It just makes me angry Does it? It does Okay (laughs) I'll have to watch that sometime then It just, just, I'm going to find what the name of it is (laughs) Just so if you suggest it, I say No, no, No. we are not doing this one (laughs) Okay Because I will go on a rant Will you? Episode 3, Strange New World. Right. No. Okay. No. (laughs) No. 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 (laughs) Just to be clear. (laughs) Unless you you want to hear me go off on one. No. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I did. I'm glad I got to introduce you to to the series as well. I'm sorry you didn't see it before. I understand there are reasons... But I'm glad you you finally discovered it because it's it is it is a good series, with with its bad parts, with its dad episodes, warts and all. It's a good series, and it's a good it's a good original series romp for the most part.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like all of Star Trek has some good bits and some terrible bits. I I think that's just the nature of any TV show. But because mm-hmm. I particularly like Star Trek, the, the lows are particularly low when you when you watch them. Like, you were talking about that episode. It's just absolutely diabolical. And you, I'm never going to talk about it. We're never going to watch it again. You you have that in... in you all... have to go watch it. You have to. Well, of course. Of course, I'm going to watch it. you'll see it. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, we... Look at the Voyager episode we were going to talk about. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You no, know, that's, that's fine. I mean, I haven't watched voyager since it was first aired and um because when i when i want to watch star trek i always watch pretty much always watch next gen Mm -hmm. because that was the one that really got me into it as as a fan not a not like a well researched fan (laughs) about the whole thing but I, i do i do think this show is great and this episode as a introduction into enterprise It'd be a really good one to show. You'd be like, oh, I don't know if it's any good or anything. You Show them this. It's got everything. If you go, oh, I only like Next Gen. You'd be like, well, you've got the Borg in it. You've got all this awesome stuff, and it's a good pace. And everybody yeah. is every, – all the characters are really good. I, I really enjoyed them. I got a feel for who they are in this episode
1: from never watching the episode, uh, the series before. Yeah, and, you, and you've got also, without it being – Blatantly obvious, but um, you've got also ties into the the overall story arc. So, for example, the connection to first contact mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And uh, I think you when you when you described Flocks earlier, I think you pretty much nailed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, which is great that he conveyed all of that, or the actor conveyed all of that, in just one episode. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and an archer's moral stance i think i got a good grasp of but Mm -hmm. also the decisions that he'll make even though they pain him to do it it's the right choice to make and he's going to live with that regardless of whatever other people think of but to paul is like just destroy them because they're a danger they shouldn't be here they're they're going to take over the ship blah 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 and he's like no and even when he has the ship destroyed at the end Mm -hmm. it's still a decision that he doesn't like making and that comes across yeah. very well. I, I,
1: I really enjoyed this episode. Good. I'm I'm glad you did. Um this is one of my favourite episodes of of that se- of the season um mm. two, so I uh, I think it really as I said, it's standalone as well. It's not involved in the overall arc and I felt it was a good introduction, so I'm really glad you liked it. Um so that said, what are we looking at for next week, Chris?
0: <laughs> Got a great one. You're gonna love it. <laughs> I'm not so sure with that tone of voice. We're gonna to go to do our first episode of Deep Space Nine. Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I don't like this laugh. Um <laughs> it was normally like this particular
1: <laughs> It's got it's got Ferengi in it, hasn't it? I and mean, you know Well yeah, it has Ferengi. it's got a Ferengi in it because quark's in it. Oh well okay. You as know, long as it's quark, that's Yeah,
0: one. right. it's it's not I'm not going to purposefully choose a a Ferengi-centric one but this um, this particular episode was nominated for an Emmy Award for right for best hairstyling in the series what
1: in Star Trek
0: no seriously best hairstyling in the series in 1993 this episode was nominated for an Emmy Award for the best hairstyling in the series I find this very hard to believe but go on hit me with it in 2015 Binge watching guide for Star Trek: Deep Space Nine by Wired recommended skipping this episode. <laughs> In 2016, fans at the 50th anniversary Star Trek convention voted this episode as the worst episode of the series and the eighth worst episode of the Star Trek franchise overall. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> <You> be ta- <laughs> no, me <I'm not>. up. <laughs> We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. It is okay. an episode season one episode 10 is called move along home
1: this is is, was this nominated just above my recent pick of distant origin no
0: well (laughs) you you looking back on that one with rose tinted glasses and a bit of nostalgia this one we're going in feet first with this is the worst episode of deep space 9 avery brooks said that it was one of his two least favorite
1: episodes that he had done of deep space nine oh, come on yeah <laughs> <Seriously>? <laughs> and this is a this is a pre-beard cisco
0: this is this is yeah this is pre-bold beard cisco oh
1: jeez!
0: so the episode so i'll give you a brief synopsis it's uh a group I, I don't
1: want one but you're gonna give it to me anyway. yeah
0: yeah i am i am a group of aliens from the gamma quadrant known as the wadi play a visit to the deep space nine they challenge the bartender Quark to play a board game in which the lives of the crew appear to be at stake. Episode right. is widely regarded as one of the worst of Deep Space Nine.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I think, it, right. I
0: think it will be fun. I think it will be fun.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> next week, for your delectation, Deep Space Nine, Season 1, Episode 10, Moving Home. The worst... Or at least one of the worst episodes, as voted by the 2016 Star Trek convention, uh, episodes of the entire franchise.
0: <laughs> yeah, whether well, the eighth worst episode of the
1: entire Star Trek
0: franchise. I should never have asked, <laughs> no, should I? No, no. I'm not even drunk. <laughs> I don't know why, why did I did. Okay, well, you know. I wish
1: I, I were at this uh, point. Yeah, yeah you know, it'll be, be fine. It'll be fine. Oh great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. All right. And, and with with that, um, thank you very much for listening. If you could skip over the last four minutes, that'd be great. Um, but in the meantime, we you can find us at Shields Up Podcast on Facebook, Shields Up Six on Twitter, and uh, various other platforms. Chris, help me out. Instagram.
0: Um, yeah, we can, we're on Instagram. <laughs>
1: I can't remember the name. It's probably Shields Up Podcast. It's probably Shields Up Podcast. Just look up Shields Up Podcast. You'll find us. So, thank you very much, and we will speak with you next week. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.